their answer was, oh, well, eat this whole 50 milligram gummy and you'll be so high that you'll, you'll forget you're ever in pain. And that to me was absolutely ridiculous. Hola, como esta usted? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're feeling good. We're looking better. You know what? We're, we're putting some of that hemp house CBD in our tea. We got this chai tea. I think it's, uh, I think it's from Trader Joe's. And we got, the, we got the hemp house CBD drops in there. And that stuff's amazing, man. They sponsor the podcast. They're, they're amazing guys. Wink, wink. And uh, I just think you guys should go check them out. It's at hemp house goodies. Uh, hemphousegoodies.com now we got a pretty interesting character on today by the name of emma chasen emma is actually a brown university graduate that's ivy league baby and she basically developed her own curriculum and developed her own major there because brown didn't have a cannabis program so she put one together and ended up graduating with a custom custom degree now she is the co-owner of Eminent Consulting, which is a cannabis consulting business that works with professionals and brands throughout the industry, and you'll hear more about that later. I just want to jump right into it. Emma Chasen's awesome. Go check her out. Uh, enjoy the podcast. She was living in a single room with three other individuals. One of them was a male, and the other two, well, the other two were females. God only knows what they were up to in there. And furthermore, Susan, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to learn that all four of them habitually smoke marijuana cigarettes. Reefers. So, Emma, can we just get a little background on, like, where you're from, what you were into growing up, and now kind of, like, bring it up to how you got into where you are with your consulting business? Sure, yeah. So growing up, I actually was very puritanical. I was very anti-alcohol, weed, uh, anti any and all drugs. I was definitely like a dare kid. And it's, it's just because I was really intense. I came from a very mediocre public school in New York and I just knew that I had to get out of there. That was always my goal, was, was to get out and specifically go to Brown University. And so I was just like super studious and again, very puritanical, uh, never smoked weed, never wanted to, never drank alcohol, but was always interested in alternative medicine. I actually have a family history on my mom's side of um, Italian witches, so using medicinal herbs. My great-grandmother, they called her Strega Verde, which translates to green witch, because she would <laughs> make all of the kind of like holistic remedies for uh, the village where she was from in Italy. And then when she immigrated to New York City, she uh, did the same for the Italian immigrant community. So always had that in my blood, but at the same time was just very anti-drugs, right? Because I was so uh, intensely focused on getting into Brown. So luckily I got into Brown, which was awesome. And nice. at Brown, they let you study whatever it is that you want, which is amazing. So I went in thinking, okay, I'm gonna do pre-medical sciences and biology, but I took a uh, freshman year seminar called 
botanical roots of modern medicine. And at the same time, we also started hanging out um, with some upperclassmen who were really brilliant, who also smoked a ton of weed. So it was this like simultaneous learning about uh, the power of medicinal plants through a freshman seminar in the classroom, but also having this social experience where for the first time in my life, I saw people who were like the most brilliant people that I'd ever met smoking a ton of weed. So I started to experiment with cannabis myself and found that I really loved it, that it actually helped a lot with my anxiety and, and I preferred it to alcohol for relaxation and socialization and the like and um, was able to create my own program at Brown where I couldn't study cannabis, unfortunately, but um, where I did study uh, medicinal plants, medicinal plant research, and ethnobotany, so the study of how indigenous peoples use medicinal plants, and graduated with that degree, then worked for oncology research for a little bit, became really disillusioned with Western medicine and the allopathic model. I just watched billion-dollar pharmaceutical trial get approved after billion-dollar pharmaceutical trial. There was a cannabis trial that was proposed to the office where I worked, and my supervisor just laughed it out of the office. So really? that was kind of the straw. Yeah, that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And I was like, you know what? I got to get out of here. Time for a new adventure. So in uh, the summer of 2015, I somehow convinced my best friend to drive across the country with me and move to Portland, Oregon, having never been here before or visited. And, um, and we got a vacation rental for a month just to try it out, see if we liked the city, if we could get a more permanent work and housing. And I fell into the cannabis industry because I needed a job. And so I started working at the uh, retail dispensary pharma, uh, which definitely takes a more scientific approach yep. to, um, to cannabis and the way that they think about it. And I just fell in love with learning about the industry, learning about the plants through that, but noticed a real lack of comprehensive educational resources, um, in, in all other facets of the industry, which to me was absolutely inexcusable, uh, especially for these bud tenders who are on the counter, not only driving the consumer market, but also advising people on um, medical issues a lot of the time. And there was no kind of standard for training or education there. And so um, that's when I began to kind of move away from pharma and really develop out this uh, training program and, and develop out my own consulting business, Eminent Consulting, where I help um, brands really integrate more education into their model, whether it be through um, presentations or educational marketing collateral, as well as uh, also offering courses online through my online school that does go through kind of the fundamentals of cannabis science, product information, as well as what I call the art of consultative sales. So really being able to speak about this science uh, to people in a way that is digestible. Gotcha. So that was like your aha moment where you like, you saw all these people basically giving their advice, but it was more so like their personal advice, not the, not the real science behind why this plant's great and everything. And you were like, exactly. Yeah. And I, I was still seeing very reputable dispensaries in the Oregon community with staff that, um, 
would would give an answer to a question as like, okay, I'm I'm looking for uh, I'm looking for something to help with back pain. I don't want to smoke, so I want an edible. And their answer was, oh, well, eat this whole 50 milligram gummy, and you'll be so high that you you'll forget you're ever in pain. And that to me was absolutely ridiculous. Um, and and like I said, completely inexcusable. I mean, in a market that is so rapidly growing on the business side, we need to make sure that we are bringing in as many consumers, as many new demographics of consumers as possible. And the way that you do that is not by giving that type of answer of eat the entire 50 milligram gummy and and you'll be so high that you won't care about it anymore. Right. No, I, I completely agree and understand. Like, so I, we, uh, we sell some CBD on our site and basically I get asked all the time, they're like, what should I be taking? Should I be smoking pot? Should I be doing this? And like, I, I don't consider myself an expert, but I know that I know a lot more than the average person just based on what I read and all the research I've done and whatnot. But there is like, whether you're taking gummies or drops or vaping or using a salve, like there's different uses for different like ailments, I guess is the right word. Right. Where Absolutely. Now, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and really different, um, dosing strategies for each consumption method, even different, uh, consumption guidelines of, okay, if you've never done an edible before, then start really small with a microdose and consume it in the evening. So that way your day isn't shot to hell. If you have a more uncomfortable experience, I'm really being able to walk through that kind of predicted experience with people where you're not only giving them, uh, as accurate as accurate of a prediction as you can as far as what their experience will be like, but also including any of the uncomfortable side effects that may come along with it and how to deal with it. Really setting up a clear expectation for what's going to happen instead of saying, oh yeah, it's it's weed, it can't kill you, so have a great time and take as much <laughs> as you want. Where, yeah, it can't kill you, which is great. We have no defined lethal dose, which makes it really safe to experiment with, but it does not mean that you won't have a really uncomfortable and bad experience if you overdose yourself yeah i mean the last thing you want to do is turn someone off that you know hasn't really been exposed but then they just have a bad first like edible experience and they're like this is not for me where really it could have been but they just had some someone who wasn't educated i guess telling them what to do Um, right and we can't afford to lose those potential consumers from a business standpoint so what i found interesting about you is that you graduated from brown right where I feel like a lot of the people in the cannabis space don't have that high of an education degree. Like I don't meet a lot of people in my world, right, where it's like Ivy League that went into cannabis right away. I think you're seeing more and more of that now, like I think on the investment side, but you don't see someone who's like coaching dispensaries on how to actually like treat patients and and figure that game out. Um, When you go and like talk to people, do you find that that helps you or like what do they see when they – when you hear brown, right? Yeah, totally. So I get a mix of people since I am on the West Coast of like not really knowing what brown is. Some people True. are kind of confused if it's like, oh, is that in Ivy League school? Where is that again? Mm-hmm. Um, but even more so than the name brown, just the fact that I actually designed a course of study for myself within their biology department that actually focused on medicinal plant research. And I did a year-long senior thesis on um, the antiviral efficacy of Mexican oregano because I couldn't do it on (laughs) cannabis. Um, That definitely helps to 
to kind of confirm that I know what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. a little bit, um, which has been a huge asset for me. I'm fairly young in the space. I'm only, I just turned 26. And so that, that degree and my education definitely helps, um, I think make people feel more inclined to want to work with me. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you seem very approachable and also like if you just, you design this course, does that mean other people are using it now? Yes. Really? So people are graduating with your degree technically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And instead of offering a certification through Eminence Online School, because I've seen so many now certifications get certified in in whatever um, it is around cannabis and and cannabis training programs. Instead, I'm offering a personalized letter of recommendation from me. So if you complete my course and you've gone through um, everything, you've passed all your tests, then... um, then you'll get a letter of recommendation from me to hopefully help to jumpstart your career in the industry or at least um, continue to advance your career. Sweet. That's pretty badass. <laughs> Not going to lie. Not going to lie. Um, so what do you do? Like you, you obviously you have your consulting biz, but like who are you primarily consulting for? Is it just like the bud tenders? Or are you consulting for growers and dispensaries? And how are you mm. helping those people? Yeah. So I do a lot of stuff. (laughs) I, um, I work a lot with dispensaries. So really helping with, um, management consulting and team optimization, creation of a really successful organization through, uh, the defining of job roles, responsibilities, expectations, really looking at how best to empower staff. While I was at Pharma, I was general manager um, for over a year through the regulatory transition. So I also bring a lot of that kind of expertise on how to successfully manage a dispensary team. And so I work with um, I work with a bunch of dispensaries across uh, the country, which is exciting. I really love doing that work. But then I also have a bunch of um, education that I do. Obviously, I offer my classes online. I also go out and do um, trainings for bud tenders within the community. I also work with brands one on one to really help them develop educational presentations that they can take to the community to uh, bud tenders to help explain their products, their methods in a way that's very digestible and accessible that also comes with the creation of educational marketing collateral, as well as uh, the, the more written content or even video content. Again, all educational that can be hosted online on their website or on their social media. So I do a lot of that as well. Um, I am also involved in the Canadian market. So I'm working with a company, an educational company, uh, medtech company out in Canada to really help to, again, just give the highest level cannabis education in the most digestible way to the masses. That's, um, that's everything that I want to do. And I should mention that I also have a business partner that really helps me do all of this. Um, and he has more expertise on the cultivation side of things. So we also do help companies, specifically companies that are looking to emerge into new markets with a vertical integration model and really being able to help them map out uh, their cultivation facility, as well as then, of course, retail processing, um, distribution, whatever it may be. Sweet. Yeah. So there's obviously like the stigma associated with pot. It's kind of going away, but it's definitely still there. Um, 
when you talk to brands about how to like market their material and how to like communicate their message, what's like your, your go-to? Is it like, is it honesty? Is it just trying to be clear about what they actually offer? Like, what are your, without giving away your secret sauce, like what are you really communicating <laughs> to them to communicate to other people? Sure. Yeah. I think it's really simple and it's just approaching, uh, this whole thing, this whole new wave of cannabis medicine with reason, with rationale, with scientific based evidence coupled with large scale anecdotal evidence. I think that a trap that a lot of cannabis activists fall into is that, um, a lot of people in the community just really want to go like, this is the best thing ever. This will, this can act like a cure-all. This can be amazing for everybody. Nobody will have a bad time with it. I think that as soon as you go into that extreme, then it's, it's not productive for the movement because then it uh, fuels the fire of the opposite extreme to say, it's not a cure-all. We don't have enough research. It may be dangerous for everybody. Whereas instead, if we kind of look more towards the middle of, okay, this is the actual science that we have on this product, this consumption method, these compounds, let's put that out there in a really digestible, reasonable way, and then also provide the evidence as to why we are saying this. Um, and of course, always with disclaimers that everybody responds to cannabis differently, that it will take a lot of experimentation for people to find what works for them. But what we have here is an amazing medicinal plant with such an incredible medical potential um, that's relatively safe and harmless for consumers. So it's kind of like a why not try it out. Um, of course, all the while giving uh, that scientific-based evidence if you are kind of making any, not claims, but statements around the efficacy of your product. And then also giving consumers dosing strategies, um, best storage practices, safe consumption guidelines. So that again, you are communicating with everything that you do that you are creating products that, that really are meant to help people, meant to take care of them. Exactly. And I think that's right on. Um, so my, my background is in marketing in a, like mm. reviews, whether it's on Google or Yelp or Amazon, whatever, in, without cannabis play a huge role because it, it validates it to someone who has no idea what your brand is. But I feel like in, in the weed space too, I think that just gets amplified because it's something that a lot of people are so unsure of. But when they see like a story about how someone with epilepsy went three months without having a seizure or they see someone with arthritis doesn't have the same joint pain that they had before and it's relatable. I think that that is something that I've seen a lot of brands kind of like hedge towards where they're like, Hey, mm -hmm. this is what we do. However, check out these people that are, are really experiencing this. They're real. They're just like you. Um, Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That personal narrative, that like miraculous success story that you can point to is definitely helpful in terms of marketing. And if you can couple that with, um, with some scientific based evidence around like why your formulation should produce the best results, then that's, I think, kind of like the perfect recipe. Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right. I want to keep circling back to the, the whole brown thing. So I think it's kind of cool. You you made your your own course right so like what yeah what were some of the things you did when you had to like when you had to create this curriculum for yourself like mm. how, i guess dive into that i don't know exactly the right questions to ask but I, like tell me the coolest parts about that experience with brown 
Yeah, totally. So I got to really work one-on-one with um, the, the greenhouse and horticulture manager at Brown called, his name is Fred Jackson, and he um, has a fascinating story and is just a wealth of knowledge around plant science and just like a really cool human. And so it was basically him and I, one-on-one, me working in the greenhouse a ton, um, TAing for many of his classes, conducting my own research with him, um, and, and really like spending so much time in that greenhouse. That was the coolest thing for me and learning all the different field tests that you do when you're actually out in the field and hearing his stories of being in the South American rainforests and um, like doing ayahuasca with tribes in the rainforest and, and all of that like amazing knowledge that he was able to pass down to me was very cool. Um, it was also awesome to be able to look to other disciplines and other areas of uh, study to, to really kind of, build out or flesh out my, my course curriculum. Um, so looking at even like sustenance and sustainability through environmental science, uh, departments and, and even bringing in some different elements of, um, art and, and weaving them together with plant science, um, was very cool to be able to really take a multidisciplinary approach to the whole thing was, uh, was awesome. Did they let you plant any weed plants in the greenhouse? They didn't. They <laughs> did not. So no. that was the that was the big hiccup for me is that I really wanted to uh, work with cannabis in uh, in some capacity, but of course because of all the funding that they get, and this was back uh, between 2010 and 2014. So Rhode Island was like just starting True. to yep. feel good about medical cannabis, um, but it was still very much like archaic times. Um, and, and yeah, I'm not sure that Brown even now would let somebody like plant cannabis and study them even in veg. They should, really? but with all like the, the compromising issues of funding, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. it unfortunately wasn't an option for me. And so that's why I looked at Mexican oregano for my thesis, which is actually really cool. It's probably my like second favorite medicinal plant. Uh, after what are the benefits cannabis, of Mexican but... oregano? <laughs> yeah, so Mexican oregano, it's not like your uh, Mediterranean oregano that most of us mm-hmm. um, are kind of like or use on the daily. It it has a really like um, like wide, big leaves, and it's super soft, um, and it has two alkaloids, which are secondary compounds um, called carvacrol and thymol. Thymol is also found in your thyme and and in other um, varieties, but carvacrol has amazing antiviral efficacy. It's one of the strongest antivirals um, that we have. And so I was super interested in looking at that specifically because I don't think that Western medicine has a great solution has a great curative for uh, for viruses. Typically, when you get a virus, the doctor tells you to like drink a lot of fluids and rest. And so looking at Carvacrol and really being able to examine um, the, the antiviral efficacy that you were able to get dependent on different kind of stressing methods uh, to the plants during their grow, meaning like some were light stressed, some were water stressed, some um, were given fertilizer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and and yeah, that was that was really cool. That I loved to be able to do. I mean, I, it's a 
full course and you do it your senior year. So I was able to do it both um, my fall and spring semester of my senior year. And um, I still, to this day, whenever I get sick, take oil of oregano. Um, really? They sell it at health food stores. Yeah, they sell it at health food stores. They even sell it at um, some of like the bigger grocery chains where you could go in and get um, Mexican oregano oil and it's extraordinarily potent. You just want to put like a couple of drops, dilute it in a full glass of water, but it does help knock out any of the more nasty viruses that are especially going around right now. Right. So what's crazy is I was actually at one of my buddy's houses, I want to say two days ago, and we were like, we had like a vape pen and he offered it to me and I was like, sorry, man, I got a cold. I don't want to I don't want to hit that. And he goes, he goes, no, man, I use the stuff called thieves oil. I don't get sick. And I was like, what are, yes. what are you talking about? And he's like, thieves oil. You've never heard of it? And he brought it out. And it's like on the same spectrum probably as uh, Mexican oregano. But he was like, I just put a little bit in like my water. I drop it on my wrist. And he's like, I don't get sick. I don't even get worried about it. Have you heard of that stuff? Yes. So I was just home in New York for the holidays and I got like the nastiest cold just out on my ass. And my mom, who, like I had mentioned on my matriarchal side, um, they've always been into uh, alternative healing remedies. And so my mom made this what I called a potion Mm -hmm. of like it's Manuka honey and mostly thieves oil. And she made me drink it um, for like five days straight. And it really knocked my cold out. It is disgusting. It like burns so bad, um, which is very similar to Mexican oregano. But in my experience, it absolutely helped. Yeah, I thought that was mind blowing. He was like, no, I'm not even worried about it. Like this will just take care of me. All right. But yeah, yeah. And that's, those are like, those are essential oils, which are terpenes. Mm -hmm. They are concentrated forms of secondary compounds, which, um, of course the secondary compounds are why cannabis is so medicinal. So it's really, it's really fun for me to not only, um, look at, at cannabis and of course use cannabis for medicinal purposes, but also to look at the amazing variety of other medicinal plants that can also be used definitely for medicine yeah and i think like you mentioned brown didn't exactly let you do what you wanted to do with your study but you were able to study some other really cool topics like the oregano um definitely i I think more and more like i saw an article somewhere that yukon which is a state that i don't even think has legalized recreational is now offering growing courses right so like these colleges are, they're kind of just like opening up their gates. I mean, I think it'll be a lot slower than, um, than the States moving, but I think like they're starting to realize like, okay, this might be the new frontier of what people really want to get into. Um, which is something, absolutely. Yeah, obviously you, you were one of the yeah. first. Yeah. It's like the tech industry where like computer science courses weren't huge 30 years ago. And now like there, it's one of the most popular courses of study is computer science. So I think that we are going to start seeing, um, some, some more education through major universities. We already are seeing it in like Michigan, um, in Missouri, even there's some interesting research coming out, um, of institutions there. And then hopefully really state mandated education. I think that that is so crucial to the advancement of this industry. Um, 
is is really having states say, okay, we are creating these legal cannabis programs. We we need to create some form of education, some form of standardized training for people who are going to work in this industry. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, do you talk to people from Brown that are in like all these other fields, like whether it's like investment or legal? Like I'm sure you have some friends who are doing some pretty cool stuff as well. Do they have any insight yeah. into this? Definitely. So a lot of it does come from the finance world. Um, Most of my peers either went into finance or marketing. So a lot, a lot of people who have the money are now looking to invest in the space. I've seen that shift in the last like year and a half. It it was crazy to me just how much... um, this industry continues to explode specifically now people who are really looking to invest not only in cannabis, but also in hemp because hemp will be a multi-trillion dollar global industry. Yeah. Um, So I've seen a lot of interest there. Also seen a lot of interest from people who, I mean, now coming up on the uh, fifth anniversary since I graduated from Brown. And so my my peers kind of having put their time in in marketing agencies or in other um, different financial institutions are like, you know what? I want to try something different. I want to take all this expertise that I have learned and bring it into the cannabis space because it's new and exciting and can really help people. So I've also um, seen a lot of interest from from people who are kind of looking for a different career move, a new start as well. Yeah, for sure. The way I describe it to people is it's it's kind of like the Wild West, right? There's like a lot of gray area, not a lot of laws, not a lot of big money in it, but there's just like so much opportunity and chaos that there's like, no matter where you want to fit in, you can probably get there. It just, it comes with more or less like if you have a corporate job, you probably got to bail on that because I'm sure your employer might not <clears throat> like it if they see your face associated with a bunch of pot plants. Um, exactly. Exactly. I, yeah. There's still that stigma. Yeah, for sure. And I think everyone who makes the switch or at least like takes a little bit of a jump, they're never like, damn, I shouldn't have done that. I feel like they're always like, damn, I should have done that three years ago. <laughs> you know. Yes. Yes, exactly. And that's what I tell people. A lot of people reach out to me um, for more entrepreneurial advice of, okay, how did you get your start? How did you do this? It's like, I really just took a major leap of faith. That moment that I was like, you know what, I'm done. I left my very cushy job in oncology research and decided to move to a city that I'd never been to before, um, which on paper was like incredibly foolish, but it turned out to be the best decision that I've ever made. You just have to really put yourself out there um, and and do what you love and find your your niche and then just work, work, work like yeah. hell. And I'm sure you you experienced it too, but like when you go all in on something like that, like your your business obviously like you probably had for the first two years, you're probably still in it like a crash course on cannabis. And even though you were like more savvy than most, like you're still probably learning stuff every day, just like I am with this stuff. Um, Oh, definitely. Definitely. And that's the nature of this industry. I mean, with constant um, new changes to regulation with uh, new research coming out, it's things that I was saying two years ago, a lot of them are not true anymore, just because of all of the new information that comes out. I like to say that like working in cannabis is like, 
working in dog years where two years feels like 20 years because so much has happened. So many changes have happened. And that's where you need to have a, a strong sense of malleability and flexibility um, to work in this industry because it's a constant roller coaster. But I wouldn't have it any other way. It's what makes it so exciting. Definitely. Yeah. Like when we first started our, our site, right, we were like, oh, we're going to what we wanted to do is set up an e-commerce shop, set up a blog and just set, like sell CBD because we really believed in it. And we're like, what's the best way to get it out? We thought we we're going to be able to market on Facebook, market on pretty much Facebook. That was going to be our big platform. Turns out we set all this up and then Facebook has blocks against cannabis because it's federally illegal. So like our whole yep. plan just got like tipped right on its head and we're like, all right, what the hell do we do now? And that's what led us to like, all right, we're going to keep pushing more. We're going to put more resources into content and we're going to hop over to like Amazon where we have a little more freedom, but it's like a different like avenue to get it out to consumers. But like you said, like that all took place in probably like six or seven months. Right. And now we just have a completely different business offering and model. Um, But it's still all in the same space. Yep, exactly. And that's where that need for, okay, this isn't working. There are so many different barriers that we come up against uh, in regards to cannabis because it's still scheduled federally as one of the most dangerous substances on the planet. Uh, you really need to be innovative and you need to not be discouraged if you come up against roadblocks because you will inevitably. I also think that there's quite um, a, a kind of media expectation that everybody in this industry is making a ton of money where nobody is making that much money really people who are on the ground floor of cannabis are not experiencing this quote-unquote green rush that is happening Uh, it's definitely a hustle and for many it's still a struggle but again it's something that people are so passionate about that i'm so passionate about that uh, makes it worth Mm -hmm. it and i think you you kind of see like the ripple effect of that that's why everyone i find is like so down to help each other out so down to like talk so down to like offer advice on what they did or kind of like what you could do to get or get around that roadblock. Right. Which I don't see exactly. anywhere else that I go. Like very rarely do I see a, a lot of people that are just like, yeah, man, I'm here to help. What do you need? You know? Yes. Yes. There is such a, a community over competition uh, ethos that I've experienced of like, yeah, everybody's struggling to survive. So it does not benefit you to create enemies or competitors in this space. The way to survive is by creating alliances, is by creating a strong network of people who can support each other through this time um, until we see actual changes uh, federally. Hell yeah. So, all right. So you're in, you're an entrepreneur yourself. You're helping entrepreneurs grow their cannabis business, start their cannabis business. You're offering your friends advice. If you could look back on your life, right? And offer yourself a piece of advice, whether it was like, let's call it 12 year old you, what would you say? Mm, That's a great question. I, um, I would definitely say, don't be so trusting to everybody. I think that, um, being in the cannabis world, it's like everything is startup culture because it's brand new. And so a lot of people have a lot of great ideas and they see success and they want to partner with success to bring their ideas into the world. And um, 
it's been quite a learning over my time in this industry to be like, okay, not, you don't have to partner with everybody. You don't have to work with everybody um, who's excited about an idea that they want to bring to you, that they want to work with you. Um, And really taking it slower, taking it slower, not jumping at every opportunity. Um, Because that's something that I, like I said, I've learned working in this industry and really um, have learned so much so that in the past year, I like was entirely on my own. And then this summer decided to bring in my business partner, um, who I've known since my start in the industry. And so really like really having a a keener, more discerning eye, I'd say. Yeah. I feel the same way. I think you're on the money. Like, you know, when you first start up, like you just are like, I can do this. I can do that. We should do this. This person has a sweet idea. We can partner with them. And then you realize you only have 24 hours in a day, right? And you're like, I, I exactly. can't do all this shit. So yeah, I think that's great advice to offer. Because a lot of people who do start, they just overlook that because of how excited they are and like how stoked they are just to be like doing their own thing for the first time. Right. Yeah. And, and really writing down a list of what you want to accomplish, what you want to accomplish with the work that you're doing, not what anybody else wants you to accomplish or what anybody else is, um, is telling you that you should do or, or is trying to partner with you to make happen. Like really, what are your goals with your own business venture and how are you going to accomplish them? What do you need to get there? Yeah, absolutely. So I've, I've got a good gist for who you are. Is there anything that you want to communicate to our audience that's like that's something I overlooked or missed or just a message you want to get get across? I think that you did a really good job of of kind of getting to know me. Um, I I feel very honored and privileged to kind of be this this voice for people, um, this educational resource. But um, I I definitely liked that we touched on the malleability and flexibility of this industry. Um, that I I will never I will never hold so tight to something that I say that I won't um, kind of have the the ability to change it if need be that this industry is still constantly evolving the science is constantly evolving and i'm just trying to help people understand where we're at in this moment as much as possible but that everything is subject to change and turn right upside down um and i will continue to to try to deliver that highest level quality information to everybody everywhere as as long as we continue getting to yeah, do this. Absolutely. I think Socrates said the only true wisdom in knowing is that you know nothing. Right? So that's kind of like mm. that sums it up. You just gotta you gotta be humble enough I love to that. understand that things do change and that you, you gotta be able to switch and change and go with the flow and you know yeah. Exactly. Remove mm-hmm. that ego. It's totally not about about the ego. It's about um really giving people access and understanding to this amazing medicinal plant. Oh, yeah. All right, cool. This is awesome, but you know what? It's plug time. So where do people find you? Where should they look for you? And whatever else you want to put, um, shoot it out there. Yes. Awesome. 
So I am all over social media on all the things. You can find me um, on Instagram as E. Chasen. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook as Emma Chasen. My email is emma.chasen at gmail.com. I love hearing from people, so please um, reach out if you're so inclined. And then for all of my business stuff, my company's name is Eminent Consulting. Our website is eminentconsultingfirm.com, and our online school is LinkedIn on the site, but it is at eminent.teachable.com has a bunch of wonderful resources that you should definitely check out if you are trying to learn Sweet. more. You heard it here. Go check her out.